0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: KC Laboratory, sponsored by
2: Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. M-Prize debit cards are contactless, secure and faster than ever so fast they're giving the cheetah a run for his money Emprise bank member fdic super appreciative of them and all they've done super appreciative of my friends and all they've done for me in enriching my life these last four years that we've been friends first find him on twitter at chief in carolina maddie lane hello well
1: how you doing kent um i'm first going to apologize to everybody that tuned into our live show my internet guys <laughs> i am aware it is not good I appreciate all the kind words for you guys talking about trying to band together to pull in some internet for me. And believe me, if there was a better option than what I currently have out here, I would have it. There is nothing available where I live because I live out in the middle of the woods on a pond. This is as good as it gets. My chickens run on a hamster wheel. They get the wheel turning. That feeds my internet. When the sun goes down, the chickens get tired. They go to sleep. Sometimes we don't have good internet when that happens. I'm sorry, guys. I do apologize. Hopefully it's better today, though, for those of you watching on uh, YouTube or anywhere else. So uh, Craig, unless Craig, Craig is here with us, unless he wants to come out here and build some kind of contraption that gives me real internet. I
3: thought I was going to skate by without you taking a (laughs) shot like that. But uh, I I should should know better. Um, (laughs) I should know better. Hey, uh, before we get into the Chiefs this week, uh, for those of you who are unaware, KCSN is teaming up with Cookie Society. To do feed it forward we are giving out a hundred cookies every single week to kansas city area teachers it's an awesome thing that we get to be a part of it's an awesome thing you know anytime we get to do charity for any of this but it's a great thing that involves jeff allen's company what bj has done in the past with feed it forward and for every sign up that you have that you get between now and whenever here For the KCSN Substack, which is us breaking down film, breaking down everything that there is to know about the Chiefs, every single sign-up gets five more cookies added to that. So please, please, please donate. If you're on the fence about jumping in, now's the time. Because you benefit, you help out local teachers. We know that they're going through a whole bunch of stuff right now. So uh, please, please, please help out. But know that every week we're donating a bunch of food bunch of snacks the tigre cheers help brighten their week a little bit no
2: no, no. this is not just a snack this yeah, is a whole dang dessert these things practically are practically a meal <laughs> yeah i don't know if you guys got... <laughs> i don't know if i I'm, i know there's plenty of people out there that have had cookie society cookies mercy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had this caramel filled one the other day oh, mm, mm, super good on. i know right i uh mm. yeah I'm going to be dreaming about that one for a while. Uh, (laughs) Let's go ahead and get into this game preview edition. The Chiefs go to Philadelphia. Andy Reid gets a chance to get his 100th win where it all started for him in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And we're going to start talking about the offensive side of the football. And we cannot start anywhere else except for the big elephant in the room that keeps dropping the football. Turnovers are a big issue for this team. We were having a lot of, they're having a lot of issues. They've had a lot of issues the last couple of weeks in volume, in timeliness of the turnovers. It's rough and it has to stop this week, Maddie.
1: And one of the most painful parts, I think, of some of these turnovers is that it's not always a defense making a great play. Like, yes, I don't want to downplay the ability to knock a ball out of someone's hand, you know, trying to punch it out. I don't want to downplay being in the right spot to pull off a diving interception on a tip pass. But there's a little bit of luck that goes into forcing fumbles to catching ricocheted, you know, footballs off of a receiver's hands or even just an arm punt kind of going up over the top. So the Chiefs are quite literally shooting themselves in the foot with some of these turnovers. It's not always a defender making a great read on a route and undercutting something to intercept it or going up in the air over a receiver and get this interception. The Chiefs are just simply making mistake after mistake after mistake with ball security. I think it even goes beyond just the plays that turn up as turnovers you have more drop passes than you would like to see you can see some guys running around I mean to marcus robinson is one in particular he holds that ball like a loaf of bread while running backwards oh. i don't I, he somehow has not fumbled very often in his career but the way he holds that football is incredibly <laughs> loose tyree kill he's also at fault he holds the ball out to the side a little bit we know travis kelsey's had issues in the past like this team's ball security just is not on top level right now and i think it needs to be this is how you let inferior teams go ahead and beat you. And I think the Chargers are trending in the right direction, but you take away the Chiefs literally shooting themselves in the foot. That game's not that close. It's really not. And that's how a team that I still think is inferior to the Chiefs ended up beating them. You don't want the same thing to happen for a third week in a row with the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Yeah, and it goes back to the Ravens game as well. I mean, untimely turnovers there at the end of the game. You just can't have that, and even the ones that weren't necessarily untimely from the Chiefs at the beginning of this game against the Chargers, now all of a sudden, it's volume turnovers. Like You can get by with one or two, but routinely turning the ball over, and yes, that is not a predictable thing. That's not something that you can count on happening every week for certain. Don't get me wrong, unless you're Daniel Jones. You can't count on that happening for certain for any team, especially the Chiefs. But it does seem like there is an uptick of maybe a little bit of carelessness, maybe a little bit of just a little overconfidence with the way that they're carrying the ball, with the way that they're executing some things. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Like Andy Reid said in his presser today, you don't want to take the personality out of the players. You don't want to force them into a box that you say, no, you can't do these sorts of things anymore, a.k.a. maybe a no-look pass there. But you got to clean some of that up. You got to take advantage of the opportunities when they're there. If you're going to put some style on it, that's fine. But make sure first and foremost, I mean, it's the the same thing the Chiefs defense talks about. Do your job plus. You want to make sure that you handle business first, then maybe put a little flair on it at the end. Really make sure that you take care of that ball this week. Look, the Eagles are underdogs at home. And one of the points of
2: emphasis for their defense this week is going to be trying to rip the football out. Very, very intentional this week about trying to get the ball on the ground for this team, you know, they, two straight weeks The the reason this team has lost games or, you know, it, it's, it's the reason this team's lost two games. <laughs> yeah, Let's just be honest. Is. I it try, is. you know, you trying to be prepped. No, they lot. They put the ball on the ground. They made some big mistakes. So now the they're is isn't helping, but also turnovers. Yes, <laughs> they need to. They need to. They need to protect the football. And defenses are going to be coming at. It's not they could have a good week against the Eagles. This is a this isn't a Philadelphia's going to do it. This is a how teams beat the Chiefs thing. And putting the ball on the ground four times, there's going to be intentionality the rest of the season. They put a target on that football differently than even, you know, beforehand, which there was some intentionality there anyway, because this is how teams try to steal a possession or here. Two or possession or two here or there. All right. Now, Maddie, uh, we complain about our linebackers a lot we do Eagles fans might complain about their linebackers more that could mean a lot for some tight
1: ends in this game and they should they should complain about their linebackers more I and we are talking to Chiefs fans here as bad as you may think that the Chiefs linebacker play is the Eagles linebacker play has been noticeably worse Their linebacker group has been quite bad versus the run in the passing game. It's gotten so bad to where you even have just people that don't follow any particular team tweeting out things like, find Eagles number 49, just get the ball near him because he's going to allow you to have a big play. That's Alex Singleton, in case anybody is wondering. And I don't like to bash players on other teams that just aren't playing well just because I keep that for the Chiefs players that aren't playing well. I don't like to go (laughs) out of my way to come at opposing teams you know they're opposing teams players that aren't playing well but their linebacker group isn't good but even more so their safety play hasn't been good either they signed anthony harris who i think a lot of people thought was flying under the radar for a long time he's not been good i think he's giving up 77 of the completion their targets on his way are being completed actually their entire secondary not a single person with more than two targets is preventing less than 50 percent of the balls coming their way to be caught they're in Secondary is a little bit of a liability right now. I think Travis Kelsey could have a huge game, any of the tight ends. But Dalton Schultz just had 80 yards and two touchdowns versus this team. Like he almost matched his career, you know, production in this singular game. And that's just because they have nobody on the second level or the third level that really matches up well with the tight end.
3: And you're gonna see a lot of focus on. Tyreek Hill, you're going to see a lot of focus on McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle. These guys can get a little bit vertical against Stephen Nelson and Darius Slay. Again, I'm a big Darius Slay fan from back in the day. Darius Slay has lost a step, and it's very evident that he has. So they have to protect those guys. And you know that they're not going to leave Stephen Nelson on an island. Chiefs fans know that better than anybody. So the Twitter handle! <laughs> so Go what ahead. you're going to find is is you're going to find a lot of empty space in the middle of the field because those linebackers do struggle in coverage. They do struggle to get you know proper depth and not cross over each other, and, You know, get in the same zones. You're going to have Travis Kelsey on some of these option routes able to find space. I would not be surprised if we see a little bit more 12 personnel out of the Chiefs this week just to keep the Eagles in their base a little bit more, how they could still counter with nickel, but... If they go base early with some of those twelve personnel looks, you might see them go a little more twelve personnel later in the game. Take advantage, you know, Blake Bell, Jody Fortson, Noah Gray. Get those guys matched up against this second-level linebackers here because those guys are better than these Eagles linebackers. You can volume target them, get some chunk yardage out of those plays. I just think this is ripe for the picking for the middle of the field, specifically shallow middle of the field there for the tight ends.
2: I wonder if this is the best team that Steven Nelson has been on no cap. Uh, the eight, the Eagles interior defensive line presents a big challenge. Uh, you know, the defensive ends, there's something. You know, Josh Sweat's playing better. He just got a mm-hmm. good extension. It's really fun to see Josh Sweat because I was a big Josh Sweat fan in 2018. I would have taken him over Breland Speaks. But... Uh, yeah, they, they they you know there's there's some good interior pressure. There's a good interior presence that this interior offensive line is going to have a challenge in front of them. And that's good because this I mean Fletcher Cox Fletcher Cox is the best interior player that I think they've seen to this point. He is still playing very well. And I'm excited to see him line up against a good interior offensive line. The Kansas City Chiefs is a big test for them.
1: And Fletcher Cox, he's phenomenal. He's getting up there in age but he's still producing, you know, year after year. I'd even, you know, argue that Javon Hargrave is their best player all around, offense or defense, and he's been a monster this year. I think he has 11 pressures, three sacks on the season through three games. Like, he's been absolutely one of the best players in the league so far. That's how good he's been as a nose tackle. He's going to be lining up over, you know, the young guys. You imagine they will get him a lot pinned up against Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey one-on-one, maybe let Fletcher Cox kind of battle Joe Tooney, let the two vets kind of go at it, isolate Hargrave, who's been their best guy one-on-one, and you got to see how these young guys take advantage. I think some of these guys aren't coming off their best game, so this would be a good rebound game, and I think to Kent's point, this is definitely the first defensive line the Chiefs have faced in which the opponents are better on the interior than the outside. This is where your tackles will still be, you know, pressured a little bit by Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. These guys still have some pass rush to them, but it's really that interior that makes this pass rush go, so it'll be big to see if that pocket can stay as clean as it has through the first three weeks.
3: Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see how the Chiefs choose to match that up. Because like Maddie said, Javon Hargrave has been damn near unblockable this season for an interior defensive lineman and Fletcher Cox is right there behind him. Typically on those interior guys, like we see with Chris Jones, you double him, you shade, you know, your center over there and you kind of occupy, you have two guys occupying and that frees up one-on-ones on the outside. Well, now you got two guys on the interior that you got to pay attention to. That's hard to shift protection to. That's hard to get those doubles on if you double Javon Hargrave and all of a sudden maybe Fletcher Cox is winning a little bit more. So We'll see how that works. The Chiefs like to have their tackles peek inside on some of those rushes, but Josh Wett and Ryan Kerrigan are still good football players, so you can't just like leave them alone and try and kick out late. It will be an interesting study as to how they block this up for maybe some teams a little bit later in the year. I'm looking at Washington football team, even though that defensive line isn't quite as studly as we thought they might be. But I'm I'm looking to see the way that the Chiefs shift protections dial it up against this defensive line because it is good, really good on the interior. Another fun player along the interior that's getting some run is Milton
2: Williams, the Mm -hmm. rookie at Louisiana tech. And, you know, there was a little bit, (laughs) when we had some conversations, Matt, I know you were debating how he would be utilized inside outside. He's been getting a lot of run along the interior. Uh, So that'll be interesting to watch as well. Uh, So, Let's go ahead and look at players to watch on the offensive side of the football. What you got, Maddie?
1: Well, for me, since I get to go first here on the players to watch, I'm going to go right back to the guys handling the interior defensive line. I'm going to go with Trey Smith. I think he's coming off of his quote unquote worst game of the first three. And I think part of that was handling some of Joey Bosa kicking inside, handling you know, Jerry Tillery playing on the inside to quicker interior defensive linemen, the kind of guys that probably are going to press him a little bit more throughout his NFL career. So this game against Hargrave, against Fletcher Cox, that's power on power. How does he hold up? This is true top-of-the-line NFL power. Fletcher Cox has made a career out of throwing the best interior offensive lineman around. How does Trey Smith look against him? How does he look against Hargrave? And then when they do bring in Milton Williams, how does he react to that quickness? Because that's a big difference in play style coming from there. So I just wanted to see Trey Smith rebound from last week. And I don't think he played bad. Just you could see where he could get challenged more going forward.
3: Now, my guy to watch this week, uh, because you've got those interior guys, and that's where the bulk of your support is going to be. Those guys are going to be immovable on the interior. That means you're going to want to stretch things out a little bit more. That means maybe you're going to want to set up the screen game a little bit. Try and slow them down. Give them more on their plate to have to deal with. So in order to do that, you want a guy that can hit the outside a little bit harder than maybe some of the other Chiefs running backs. I'm looking for a Jet McKinnon game here. I think this might be a prime example that I can line up, maybe run a little bit more outside zone, get him some screens, get him some swing passes to the flat, and put him in space. Uh, we haven't seen so much Jet McKinnon right now, but what we've seen has been pretty good. I think this is a fine matchup because I don't think you want to run over and over and over in the interior of this offense or of this defensive line into the teeth of where the best of this defense is put those linebackers having to defend a little bit more stretch, make those safeties have to come down and run the alley and make them have to catch jet McKinnon in space. I think that's a great matchup. Uh, my player to watch is Steve Nelson. Cause he's going to be on the field
2: a lot uh, or on, on the camera a lot. Um, no, I'm going to go Clyde Edwards, Alaire. So Clyde Edwards Alaire, I think outside of the fumble had a pretty good game last week. I think that was one of his better games that we've seen from a production perspective. But I think, Some anticipation at the second level, you know, an ability to make a few guys miss. I think he played better, fumbled the football. I want to see a complete game out of him. I'm hoping for a complete game out of him where clean sheet, not, you know, fumbling the football, similar production to what we just saw, rooting for that to happen. And you know what I'm rooting for happen? I'm rooting for you when you're looking to find your next ring or your engagement ring. Or whatever jewelry needs you might have, you go to Ruback Fine Jewelry. Our dear pals at Ruback Fine Jewelry—they've been a supporter of us. They've been a supporter of the Chiefs. They are the oldest jewelry establishment in the city, and Hal, the owner there, is an absolute gem. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? Look, I've I've had personal uh, experience with Hal. He's shown me, you know, his ring buying process with his engagement rings. He's shown me. Um, you know how he does things, and 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 the way he's able to carry savings on to customers. He's not trying to push you to do more than you're capable of doing within your budget. He's trying to stay within it, and he's trying to help you have a ring buying experience, a custom jewelry experience that you can be happy with. And I've really enjoyed getting to know them, and I've loved to hear from people who share the same experience I've had, the positive feedback, the the i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a really you know stress-free environment and so if you're looking for that for your next you know for your engagement meeting, for your next jewelry needs contact how go to ruback.co contact how set up an appointment with how you will not regret it all right defensive side of the football time woohoo
3: <sighs> yeah aren't you guys excited about the chiefs defense come on now what a, what kind of transition is that
2: it's it's appropriate it's the appropriate one appropriate it is I'm the also
1: appropriate.
2: Excited. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you well uh i'm hoping that we see a little bit of pass rush this week craig
3: yeah me too and they should be primed for it i mean the matchup is great the the philadelphia eagles are without brandon brooks they're they're starting right guard they are without they're starting left guard i i'm not even going to Try and pronounce his name because I, I I struggle badly enough. But they're also down uh, their starting left tackle right now. He mispracticed today with a knee injury. They spent a lot of money on him this offseason. There's a lot of attrition along the offensive line for the Eagles. Now, they still have Jason Kelsey. They still have Lane Johnson. Those are arguably their two best offensive linemen. They're both very, very good. They have Landon Dickerson, a player that we all absolutely adore doored coming out of the NFL draft this last year. He's going to line up at one of those guard spots next to Kelsey, but there are going to be some prime opportunities here for the Chiefs to take advantage of a depleted offensive line, and I know that we have said that for a year and a half now, it seems like, and and it hasn't always worked out. Now, I felt like Chris Jones actually had a pretty good game this past weekend. He had five pressures by my charting. I think this is a prime example where you get to see him line up against some guys that may struggle with Chris Jones' style of power and speed blend. I think he could be in for another big game with pressures, but I do think that they can get some things going on the interior. Turk Wharton, especially in a pass heavy script, might be a guy to keep an eye on here, but I do think. If there is a get-right game to have for this Chiefs pass rush early this season, this should be the target for it.
1: I want to believe. I I want to believe. (laughs) I'm trying to believe. But this is the second week in a row the Chiefs are following an incredibly depleted Dallas Cowboys pass rush that is coming off of a dominant performance with their performance the week before. And uh, it didn't go near as well for the Chiefs against the Chargers as it did the Cowboys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chris Jones did have a very good game. But I would argue that he still wasn't as impactful as rookie linebacker turned defensive in Micah Parsons was against the Chargers. And guess who had an even better game this past week? Micah Parsons did as he lit up the Philadelphia Eagles for a second week in a row. The Chiefs now have to follow suit. That doesn't actually matter. It's just it's funny. The Chiefs are playing the same team back to back of the Cowboys back to back weeks. We're talking again about how the pass rush could mimic their success that they had the week before because it's not like the Cowboys are throwing out you know bangers at at pass rushers across the board right now but they're being very effective can the Chiefs do the same can the Chiefs follow suit this week because it really wasn't there it was Chris Jones a couple effort plays out of Mike Dana and just the one or two pressures from the interior guys and that was about it that was where the pass rush essentially ended not even the blitz was getting home for them so they need to turn that up this week Jalen Hurts is a guy you definitely can pressure. You can force him into bad plays if you get him under pressure. It's just you got to get there. And this offensive line shouldn't stop any team in the NFL from doing so. But we've said this, like Craig said, numerous times for the past couple of <laughs> years, and it hasn't resulted in a lot of, you know, impact just yet.
2: Okay. So the Chiefs, you know, they, they fell to some tempo last week. This could be another week that you could see a little tempo here and maybe even with some heavier personnel, Craig.
3: Yeah. I, I'm looking at this especially because the way that the Chiefs have had to deal with tempo recently. You've had teams going quick. You had teams that have really dialed things up and tried to speed the Chiefs defense up, especially when they've had a lot of replacement players, a lot of guys that are new to the system. That's the types of teams that you want to attack when you're in offense. Now you're going to find the Philadelphia Eagles that love to run Sackerts and Dallas Goddard out there at tight end together. They run them out there a lot might force the chiefs into their base defense right now. It looks kind of like Willie Gay's not going to play. He was not designated to return. He practiced on Wednesday without a helmet on. It could still happen, but that's not necessarily a positive sign for him being available on Sunday. So, I think you're probably in for maybe a heavy 12 personnel game out of the Eagles, them seeing the way that, you know, the Chiefs defense has had to play around with heavy personnel in the past couple games. Now, all of a sudden, you've got them running tempo out of 12. You're going to go quick and force Ben Neiman, Nick Bolton, and some backup, you know, cornerbacks, some backup guys on the offense or on the defensive line, specifically Josh Kando maybe Jaron Jaron Reed on the interior. Those guys are going to have to play quickly within what Anthony Hitchens and Steve Spagnuolo are trying to do. This could end up with a lot of matchups against those pretty good tight ends. They have good tight ends as well. It could end up with a lot of matchups, a lot of easier windows for Jalen Hurts to throw into.
1: So, yeah, the Chiefs could have tempo coming up. It's very; It makes a lot of sense. The team is going to see what the Chargers just did. And if they might try to replicate that, they might try to come back in and pull out the same game script that the chargers use against the chiefs, catch them, get some free plays coming out of it. If they do that, if that is something that they can pull off, the Eagles are a team that has the personnel that can do it. They have the two tight ends. They have some quick wide receivers. They can make a lot of plays happen out of it. I do think the chiefs will be ready for it this year. I do think, or this week, this is something that the chiefs should be able to handle now that they've seen it once. But like Craig was saying, that means guys got to be ready quick. These new guys cycling into this rotation have to be ready as soon as they have to be ready. Like they can't be waiting for Anthony Hitchens to tell them the entire play call. They can't be looking to Tyron Matthew to tell them when to rotate. They have to be on their A game this week. Everybody has to be ready. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles try it, but I would be a little surprised to see the Chiefs caught with their pants as far down as they were last week.
2: Yeah. Simplification. I could see very, very much being part of you know, the game plan and some of the work they put in this week to try to get some of those calls in efficiently make sure that they have, you know, a little bit more organization there. They don't get a chance to be quite as exotic. But yeah, the the, the heavy personnel is a very good point. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, um, still very productive players. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the, the thing is, too, like, there's some shots that they can take down the field as well. There's some players that they can um, you know that can stretch the field a little bit that they've had some success getting down the field and it's not even Devonte Smith I'm talking about Devonte Smith can definitely do it too, but Quez Watkins has had a nice start to his rookie season as well. So they've got some firepower there too. Um, you know that they can you know they might they might be able to you know catch him in some tempo and take some shots down the field. All right, so uh you know, J- uh, Jalen hurts, second year quarterback, small sample size. You can speed them up a little bit. You can get them thinking a little bit. And it could really be on the defensive back, that second level, to try to take away some of those first reads.
1: So this is one of the big issues that we saw against the Chargers. It was immediately losing cornerback backroom. They were getting beat on slants. They were getting beat on one read just fade routes, essentially just saying, hey, our guy's going to go up and get this football over you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Justin Herbert, I'm not saying he can't or he didn't at times in that game, but it was a lot of one-read stuff and the ball was out as the Chargers just had a ton of success with matchups on the outside. Flip to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is very much a one-read and not panic, but start to scramble quarterback. He wants to get to his first read and maybe it's a dual read. Maybe he is reading one player, a safety's leverage to figure out where to go. I'm not saying it's only one receiver, but he's not trying to work from one to two to three to four and figure out the whole entire progression. He's making one read then he's looking to run or to find his check down. So if you're Mike Hughes forced into playing again, DeAndre Baker, if Rashad Fenton's back or Charverius Ward, because like, these guys got to come out and play a little bit better than they did last week. You got to come out and look good. You got to play better. You can't be giving up slant after slant. You can't give up essentially every single pass, you know, thrown your way that's semi-accurate. And that's what it seemed like was happening last week, especially on third down challenge this Eagles team to go through the progression, get deep into the play and see what Jalen Hurts has to do beyond just the surface stuff, you know, at the top of the play sheet.
3: Yeah. When, when Jalen Hurts has to get off that first read, like Maddie was saying, he, he starts to use his legs more. He starts to, he starts to boot. He starts to break the pocket. He, he gets himself on the move a little bit, just like we need to get our pals and McAdoodles on the move here. We really need one of these in Kansas city or it doesn't matter if you live in Kansas City. You need one where you live if you don't have one because this is my favorite liquor store. It is the best place to go get booze because of their customer service, their prices, and because of their selection. I have been to the back room of McAdoodles to see the high-quality bourbon and the prices they had on their high-quality bourbon. Trust me, you want one of these in your area if you love to buy high-quality bourbon. That's a spot for it. They're not going to charge you an arm and a leg for it. They need to get on the move of to Kansas City. So if you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger. Info at macadoodles.com. Get one of them to Kansas City or your neck of the woods so you can be the guy that wins, and everybody will love you because you brought a McAdoodles to your area. Everybody. <laughs> everybody will love you. I will love you. I will come to you. You bring a Macatoodles to your neck of the woods. I will come to wherever you live. Craig, if you say everybody like that everybody. again, no one will want to be within
2: six feet of you. <laughs> well, that's, that's incorrect.
3: First <laughs> <laughs> to watch, Craig. Who All is right. Everybody gonna be watching. Everybody's gonna be watching our guy Nick Bolton. Um if the Chiefs do or if the Eagles do end up playing, he got me in my head. If the Eagles do end up playing a lot of 12 personnel, there's going to be a lot of base. And even if Steve Spagnuolo tries to counter with maybe a big nickel, that's still going to be Nick Bolton. If Willie Gay can't go, that means you're going to end up with a lot of matchups with Nick Bolton in the passing game against Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard over the middle of the field. Now, we've talked plenty about him, about what he brings in the coverage game and everything like that, and the things that he needs to work on, this is going to be a prime matchup. They're going to try and target him, just like we've seen some other teams try and target him with their RPOs, with the way that they're spacing things, trying to attack his side of the field, kicking out into the flat. He's going to be put under stress by this Eagles offense. They're going to ask him to do a lot out of the nickel, ask him to do a lot out of the base. This is a prime time for him to step up play well in those areas of the field. Because if he can do that, you start getting those games chained together. Now, all of a sudden, you start building some confidence, especially when Willie Gay comes back. Then, uh, then maybe you have a linebacker core that you don't feel like is a liability on the field. Now is the time for him to step up.
1: So earlier, when I was going through cornerbacks that need to take away the first read, I did leave out one name. And that was on purpose. Because that's our player to watch. Legere Sneed. I don't think LeJerry Steen's playing bad. I just don't think he's had quite the impact, I think, a lot of fans, including us, thought he'd have so far. I don't know if it's fault of his own. He's put in some hard situations. He's taking best players out of the slot. He's getting isolated outside, you know, and one-on-one and actually isolated in one-on-ones out there. Even this past week against Keenan Allen, he did give up two really good catches to Keenan Allen, but they were both highly contested, like hand in the way of Keenan Allen pulling the ball in. So he's been playing well. But I think in this game, you need to play more than well. You need to play really good. This Eagles team, like we talked about, will show up in 12 personnel a lot, which will keep Snead on the outside versus Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, smaller guys with a lot of speed. That kind of leads right into Snead's wheelhouse. He's a fast guy. He can run vertically with those two guys. When they do kick him inside to the slot, he is going to see some Quez walk-ins, maybe even some of these tight ends. So he's going to have the whole gambit of matchups. I just think this particular matchup with some of these faster guys leads into his wheelhouse. So hopefully he can get his, you know, his first turnover of the year, making plays in the run game when it comes to him. But I'm kind of ready to start seeing Lajarius need turn from, you know, good cornerback to great cornerback and start locking down some of these quality receivers on the other side. Craig
2: mentioned him earlier, and I love this guy this week. Tershawn Wharton's a guy I think you pay attention to. The Chiefs. I think have had some inability. I mean we, there's no argument that they've had a hard time rushing the passer, winning with four down. They're having to add to the they're having to add to the rush math to try to create and it's still not working. They need someone like Treshawn Wharton with some quick wins to disrupt along the interior. This could be a very good matchup for him with that depleted interior offensive line. That's a depleted offensive line. I like this matchup for Treshawn Wharton. They need it out of them. Predictions, what we got, Craig?
3: Well, I don't think we're going to see the Eagles only run the ball twice against this Chiefs defense like they did against the Cowboys last week. Please? I think they're going <laughs> to... Oh, yeah, no, you want to do that by all means. Please, please, please. Go for it. If that, if that happens, something good is happening for the Chiefs that the Eagles feel like they need to be in that kind of game script. And I'm kind of expecting that they'll have to get into that game script towards the end of the game. I do think that this Eagles team will come out a little feisty. I think the Monday night football performance isn't exactly who they are, but they just don't have the horses. They're going to be down some offensive linemen. Jalen Hurts is still a work in progress. They, they've they got some guys on defense, but they don't have the secondary to hold these this receiving core down, especially compared to the previous couple games the Chiefs have seen so I do expect them to get loose I expect the Chiefs to put points on the board and I expect the defense to show up a little bit better than we've seen maybe closer to the Chargers performance where they can kind of hold down a little bit of the run game get into some third downs and then you don't have Justin Herbert and you don't have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen out there for this team so I expect a few more stops I'm going Chiefs 31, Eagles 20, but I think that Eagles 20, some of that comes at the end of the game.
1: I think both these teams come out heated. I think both teams come out there, put their best foot forward, coming off back-to-back losses. I don't know if the Eagles particularly have Super Bowl aspirations this year, but I don't think that they thought to get, you know, blanked, you know, just bopped that hard on a primetime game against a divisional team. So I think both teams are going to come out playing their best football. Specifically on the offensive side, I think the Chiefs especially are going to be really upset with the way things gone. They're going to come out there, they're going to throw everything they possibly can at the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are nearly as well equipped as any other team the Chiefs have faced to slow them down. So I see these teams kind of going back and forth a little bit in the first half. Eagles hanging in close, but then the Chiefs get that patented back-to-back right around halftime, something they've been really good at over the past couple seasons, start to pull away. But high-scoring game, I got the Chiefs winning this one 41-27.
3: I think yeah, Greg. What defense? The, the the big over. <laughs> I
2: uh, defense. I like five. the Chiefs to. I like the Chiefs to put a lot of points on the board this week. I like them to set the. I like. The, I think they're setting the scoreboard on fire. I think they let up a little bit late in the fourth quarter because they're up. I think the Chiefs defense turns Jalen Hurts over multiple times this week. I'm talking an interception or two, maybe a fumble. I think they're getting a lot of turnovers. I think that's going to be a big factor. And I don't think the Chiefs are turning the ball over. The turnovers is going to be severely in the Chiefs' favor. And so will the score. 37-20. Your Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to 2-2. Two and two. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory Game Preview. Thank you, everybody. Everybody. For watching this. We'll catch you
1: Bye, John Gruden.